Thank you for listening to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. If you'd like more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithworship.org. So, Palm Sunday. One of the things that always strikes me interesting, uh, well, not always, okay, recently, recently, talking about talking about Jesus, thinking about the, you know, the whole entry into the into the uh, city on Palm Sunday, and just like the celebration and the energy, and you know, the I, I just picture the the shouting and the and the the um, I don't know, just the the celebration noises that people make, you know, <laughs> jumping around, dust flying, palms flying, kids hitting boys hitting each other over the head with palm branches because boys do that. Uh, Everybody just so excited, right? The king is coming. And then from that celebration of, you know, of all the people to like the rejection of all the people by the end of the week. And the, the extreme of that and the, the chaos of that and the, the intensity of that. And I think to myself, you know, how, how like to, to, say, to stay solid regardless of those circumstances it's just such a picture. Like Jesus is another perfect example of how to stay connected uh, to heaven, staying connected to heaven. Um, the 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 idea was um, uh, the idea of uniqueness is something that I know that we you know that we promote a lot, right? I, I tell my my children, you know, you're special, you're unique, you're your own person, you're amazing. Uh, can't imagine life without you. And all of that's great. And, and I'm sure Jesus heard that too, uh, even more so, right? He heard it because, you know, not only are you special, but literally God made you. And, and you're the chosen one. You're the Messiah. You're the one that, that is, is you know, is going to bring the, the, new, the kingdom of God to earth. Like, I just can't imagine that kind of, that kind of uh, environment to grow up in. But in that kind of, whenever, whenever you tell someone they're unique, whenever you say, listen, you, you know, no one else is like you, you're also telling them that they're alone. And that's not a bad thing unless, unless being alone also makes you feel lonely. So what's the difference? What's the difference? How do you keep your calling, your identity, your unique authority and, 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 and presentation, a representation of God on earth, how do you keep that uniqueness from turning into loneliness? And I think Jesus is, a, is a, again, a perfect example of how to do that. And, and uh, in, in um, those, you know, in, in academia, <laughs> those who know better, I, I picked up this word because I was looking at it this week, right? The idea that I'm talking about is that of solitude, that solid connection, I kind of played it, made a play on words for me. I called it the, the solid tube, uh, the portal to heaven, the solid tube. Uh, the solitude of an individual is that opportunity to really connect with heaven. And I think, I think that is something that Jesus was a, another perf- a, you know, a perfect example of. And it's what kept him, I think, stable from the celebration to the rejection. It allowed him to... To never feel alone, and I, I do know that there are there are people that are like, well, you know, he he went off to be alone. Absolutely, like you have to practice solitude in order to understand what it is. But once once you have it, once you know 
where your connecting point is, then you never lose that. Like you literally can connect any time regardless of circumstances. But it, sometimes it does take practice. It does. You, you have to set aside you have to set aside time. And sometimes, you know, all you can do is five minutes. Because if you've never had moments of solitude, it, it'll freak you out. Because basically, the first thing you have to do, you have to learn how to, sh- in essence, shut your house door, right? And say, okay, all you all that are out there, that are talking, that are inviting me out, that are distracting me, I'm going to shut the door. For a little while, you all aren't invited in. I'm not coming out. And then, once you get inside, right, <laughs> and you're like... And you realize all the voices that are inside trying to do the same thing. I mean, I, I, I feel that way being isolated at my house currently. Because I, I stand up and I think, oh, I could start that project. Oh, I could start that project. Oh, I should finish up that project. Oh, maybe I'll go outside and putter around. Maybe I should go see if something grew overnight because I planted all these plants last fall. And, and I want to know, like, why aren't they growing and all flowering at this point? I've been home for three weeks. So you have to learn to shut down the inner voices. And when you finally do that, then you might have like a couple minutes where you, it's just you hearing God, like you and God. And sometimes, sometimes that comes off in, you know, in worship. Sometimes it comes off in scripture that is rehearsed within your spirit. Sometimes it comes in just these overwhelming senses of peace or joy or hope. Uh, you know, your perspective shifts. Then you know that you've made that connection. Then you know that you're in that solid tube. That's, that's then you know you're in the portal to heaven. Whatever works for you, however that sounds, whatever that looks like, you want that. Because once you got it, then you realize all the, all the voices that were around you, you don't need to listen to. And then you can open up the outside door and all those voices that are outside your house. It doesn't matter because you can always connect. Once you learn you can always connect in solitude. You can always connect to that portal. And I think Jesus did that. And that allowed him to never feel alone. Not that he didn't know what loneliness, uh, being alone, because he was unique. And so are you. So being alone is okay. Feeling loneliness is not something we were designed for. It's why, you know, solitary confinement is considered such a, such a punishment. Because when you're alone... Or when you feel lonely, I should say, when you feel lonely, some people that, you know, that, that, that uh, feel lonely, they start to adapt. They start to let go of some of their uniqueness in order to try and find connection. And so they will adapt and morph into different things. Uh, we, you know, uh, we, we see it a lot. You just see it a lot in the world. Uh, I think of, especially of like children you know, to fit in at school. That's usually where we, we mostly use the example because it happens a lot there because you want to fit in. You fit into a clique or into a group or into a gang or whatever it might be. So sometimes you do that. Sometimes you withdraw, like people will, will really withdraw into their self and then they become very, it, it, it becomes very painful, right? They're just constantly rehearsing the fact that no one, you know, no one's around me. I don't have anyone to talk to uh, I, 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 I go out, but nobody talks to me. I sit here in a crowded room and no one talks to me. There's like this whole, they become like a black hole and it's painful for them. And then some people become like a lone wolf, right? <laughs> and, and, and they run around, they're like, Hey, I'm unique. I'm the only one there is. God made me special. And then they also like a lone wolf do a lot of howling, right? They just are like, I don't care who I offend. I don't care who I scare. I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to, you know, shout my uniqueness to the world because I am unique. And they're really hard to talk to 
They really are. Because <laughs> they're not looking to build connection. Because they're, they're going to emphasize their uniqueness and ultimately become uh, disconnected from everyone who isn't either, you know, isn't willing to follow them. Uh, and sometimes even, even then, uh, people that are, that are lone wolves, they get too big of a following, they start to cut people off because they don't, they don't want to hear from them. Uh, they, they don't, you know, they're uncomfortable uh, with connection. But I believe Jesus shows us, again, in, in coming into the city and in, and in the way that the week ended, but honestly, through his whole life, he shows us that he was always connected to heaven. He had a, a, that place of solitude. He had that connection. He had that portal that never, it never closed. So it allowed him to function in a place of, of power and authority, but also allowed him constant connection, constant connection to heaven, despite the circumstances. It allowed him constant perspectives despite his, uh, from heaven, despite his circumstances. And, and because he stayed that way, I'm got to, he, uh, he's just a perfect example. Let me, let me move on. All right. So what, one of the things I want to, uh, I want to hit on is this. I think that, that, that place of connection, that place of solitude, that place of, of, of that portal to heaven is something that I think a lot of characters in scripture show us. And when you're in that place, when you have that place of connection to God, you pick up on little things. So I'm just going to throw out some different examples. Not that it's the only thing that these examples, that these characters teach us, but I just want to throw out different examples from each character just so that we kind of pick up. So Noah, to me, is, is huge because we, we often portray Noah as, you know, he's, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, right? So in, in the, he was very unique, very unique. Everything in the world is going crazy. Violence and selfishness is everywhere. But somehow, he stays connected. He stays connected. Now, I know in the story, it looks like God showed up one day. I can't believe that it was one day. I just can't. You don't, you don't get one message from God to build an ark and then not hear from him ever again until you're done. I think he he stayed connected to God. I think he was he, he was uh, he was always connected to God. I I, I I pause because literally my brain wants to go through the whole story of Noah, and I can't do that. I need to make make your point, Bob. I will. Thank you. It's you know it's nice having the whole tech crew here and the the lighting crew and the hair and makeup people and not true, not true. No, I'm by I'm by myself. Not a problem. All right. So Noah teaches that that just doing things. Is, is not enough. You need to do things for others. Now, now, he built that ark because God wanted to rescue the world. He did not build the ark just for him and the animals. So his, his purpose, his uniqueness, his, the thing that set him apart was not just being busy, but he was busy for others. I think that's what kept him passionate. That's what kept him building for year after year after year. Doing something that nobody else was doing, especially on dry land. And I think, I think when you're in solitude, that's something that, that you start to understand. You start to understand that just being busy is, isn't enough. You're busy for other people. And that gives you purpose, greater purpose. 
greater identity. I think Abraham, Abraham is an awesome story. Awesome, epic story, right? But really, what I, one of the things that I think he teaches us in, in the idea of solitude and staying connected, connected is you are what God says you are, right? God said you're going to father nations. And for years, he didn't father anything, at least for children. I mean, he amassed the wealth of a nation. He had servants. He had a standing army. He had, he had flocks and crops that were like crazy for one individual. But he didn't have any children. But, but that didn't change the fact that God said, you are going to father nations. And that's what solitude will teach you, that you are who God says you are. And then you got Moses. And again, you can learn so much from the life of Moses. Another epic story. But Moses shows us that it's not just being free that's important, but freeing others. When you're connected to heaven, when you have that place of solitude, when you have that, that portal, that solid tube to heaven, sorry, I, I crack myself up every time I say that, uh, you, you know that God frees you. But when you're connected to heaven, you also want to free other people. I think one of the things that, that Moses experienced when he spent 40 years in, in Midian with, with his father-in-law, I think he really felt free from his calling. I think God allowed him to completely separate from what he was called to do. And when he met God again at the burning bush, God just reminded him, like, do you, like this is still available to you. I don't think God was like painted into a corner like, man, if I don't convince Moses to come back to Egypt, like I am, well, I guess the story ends here. Like, I just, I can't believe that God's out of options. But I think in in God's beautiful, uh, amazing grace, he goes back to Moses like, do you still want this? And Moses realized, listen, it's not just being connected to God to be free. It's also about freeing others. And he stepped into his calling. He stepped into his uniqueness. And he no longer felt alone. I, 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 lonely. I should, I got to separate those two. I'm sure he felt alone. I'm sure that there were times where it was quite clear to him, hey, I'm the only guy in charge of like a million people. And I'm sure there were times he sat in his tent or walked into the wilderness going, man, it's nice just to be quiet. But I don't think he was ever lonely. I don't think he ever, ever thought nobody's with me because God was always with him. And that kind of connection, that kind of portal, that kind of solitude allows you to, to feel that. I think Joshua is another amazing teacher of someone who stayed connected to, to God. And I think Joshua teaches us that you don't just defend what you have, you discover new. And by that, I mean this. When Moses took over, he could have, he could have said, you know what, we, we've got a good thing going. We, we're, we're good on this side of the river. We... Uh, we got a, you know, people were used to it. We've been out in the wilderness for 40 years. We kind of got our own pattern. Everybody leaves us alone. But God, God's connection to Joseph, Joshua says, hey, let's go discover the promised land. Let's discover more. Let's discover the promises that I have for you. And when you're connected to God, when you stay connected to God, when you understand that, that place of solitude, you can step into discovering new things and not be afraid that you're going to be lonely. 
Because, man, I'll tell you, you do new things, you, you've got to leave stuff behind, right? You can't discover new things and, and keep what, you know, and stay where you are. You've got to move on. And that means some things are going to fall behind. There were places that people felt very comfortable in the wilderness, like they, the, the oasis that they were at or the types of food they were able to find or the, or the campsite that they developed or where they found their wood or whatever. Like there were things that they were like, okay, we can survive, like we can survive, we can survive. And then... Joshua's like, we're going to go discover new things. And they're like, I kind of like it here. Like, I finally got a rhythm. I think it was awesome to discover the new land. It's, it's, it's uh, when you're connected to God, God's always like, I got more. I got more for you. Come discover it. I think Joshua was a great study in that. David. Oh, man, David. Oh, Bob, please. I know. I know. David's hard for me to skip over. I could go hours on David. But. I think David teaches us that it's not just what, uh, you know, what's been conquered. The greater thing is what you've been given. And I think about this, and I think David, David conquered a lot. He was a mighty warrior. I mean, I, I, I started reviewing, and I'm doing it even now. Like, I'm reviewing the story of David in victory after victory after victory after victory. Whether it was over, you know, one or a dozen people or, or thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people, David had victory after victory after victory. But his connection to God was not about what he had conquered. It was about what he had been given. He was given... He was given a relationship to heaven that was unique. And in that uniqueness, he sat there and said, I want everyone to experience this. This is what really matters. I don't want a nation that is, that is built around victory. I want a nation that's built around the presence of God. And he went out and he got the ark and he brought it back and he said, I'm no, like the presence of God is here. I've spent time with God and I know God to be good and I know him to be a father and I know him to be loving and kind and I don't care that a lot of people think that he's something else. I want them to experience the God that I've been gifted. I want to gift back to them the thing that really matters and that's the presence of God. That's the wisdom of God. That's the perspective of God. And so we put together the 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 tent of 24-hour worship and prayer because he's like, everybody needs this. This needs to be the focal point of our nation, not the fact that I keep winning everything. Sorry, I got excited. But I think David understood that. It's, uh, you know, he, he definitely could have built his nation around victory. He could have, he could have, and he didn't. Because I believe he stayed connected to God, he understood. He understood what mattered. And Solomon... You know, I, I uh, Marios Elianos that was here, I don't know, a couple months ago. He, you know, he talked about Solomon and just how Solomon went up into the temple, you know, to connect with heaven. And that he literally went into heaven and that he, he speaks about wisdom as a person. And that the person of wisdom showed him the, you know, uh, the wisdom of heaven. And when, and when Solomon was in heaven, he literally pulled the resources of heaven down into his nation and, and what Solomon started, uh, you know, really teaches us is that it's not, it's not what you've been given. It's, uh, you know, it's not the stuff you have, I should say. It's not your possessions. It's what you share. 
It's the possessions that you're able to give away. And, and, I, and I see that in that it says that all the nations were blessed by Solomon. All the nations of the world were blessed by Solomon. Where did he get all that stuff to give away? He got it from God. He got it from God and he brought it back to the nations. When, when, when the Queen of Sheba showed up with all of her gifts, it says that Solomon ultimately sent her back with more than what she came with. Because he didn't want to, he didn't want her nation to be bankrupt while they were trying to honor him. Because he's like, I've got all this. And this is not who I am. All this stuff is not, like my possessions are not who we are as a nation. The fact that I can pave streets with gold or, or you know, build temples that are immaculate and beautiful and intricate and then cover it all in gold. Like I've got so much possession, I'm not going to make a nation that's possess, you know, possessive. I'm making a nation that gives. I'm going to make a nation that releases the gifts of heaven. And then the disciples. The disciples learned so much from Jesus, watching Jesus over and over and over again do what Jesus always did so well, and that was connect to God. And I think the disciples, one of the things that I think the disciples teach us about staying connected is that it's not about healing people, but about introducing them to the healer. They all could have started ministries of healing. But instead, they all started churches. They all started gatherings of people that went after Jesus. That followed Jesus. That, that taught a God in heaven that looked like Jesus. And yes, they healed them. Absolutely, they healed them. And they, they you know, released the demons and they... They blessed people their socks off, but, but they didn't build ministries around that. They built ministries around the healer. They built ministries around Jesus. And when you're connected to heaven, you're going to constantly give people an experience with Jesus. And that's what happens when you stay connected. People experience Jesus. You represent Jesus. You don't even have to say it. You don't even have to say it. That's what's amazing about this, this connection to heaven. You don't, you don't have to introduce yourself like, hey, I'm Bob and I know Jesus and I want you to know Jesus too. You can, but you don't have to. You don't have to. And that's the beauty of the presence of heaven. You walk in and things shift, right? We've talked about that before. This holy shift that happens. It's awesome. So, Back to Jesus. What does Jesus teach us about this connection? For me, I think Jesus teaches that it's not just about being loved. It's about expressing love. I think when Jesus is riding, you know, the donkey into town and people are just freaking out, like they're losing their minds over the fact that, you know, the Messiah has come and now you know, the, 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 whatever, whatever they might have thought, you know, he's going to shoot all the Romans with his sling or arrows or whatever. Like he's like, this is it. Or, or he's going to, whatever they thought the Messiah was supposed to do. They were all fired up about it. And I'm sure Jesus had a great time. I mean, I picture him smiling and waving and, and he loved the whole experience, but he didn't lose what he was there to do. He was there to express the love of God to the people. And so by the end of the week, when they reject him, 
and he's been rejected by one of his disciples, or just, you know, uh, not just rejected, but, you know, um, I want to say he was a traitor. Uh, doesn't, oh, Bob, you've lost that word. What is the word you want? I know there's probably people online screaming the word in their phones. You want betrayed. <laughs> Thank you. I heard you. Thank you so much. <laughs> he was betrayed by one of his disciples and, and, you know, a lot of them left and ran away. And like what keeps him centered in all that? I know that's next week's message. I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. But it keeps love does. He's like, I got I'm connected to a father who loves them and I'm going to express that to them. I don't, I don't have to be the one. I, I don't have to keep this love to myself. That's what I want to say. My uniqueness, my direction, my authority comes from my connection to heaven. And my father loves these people. And I'm here to express that love to them in a way that only I'm gifted to do. And at that, he was gifted or uniquely uniquely gifted to be presented as the Messiah, to be presented as the one who could show the love of the Father to the world, not just the present world, but for all to come. And I think that teaches us the same thing, that if we stay connected to heaven, not only will we feel loved. Listen, Jesus felt loved the whole time. He did not feel alone. And I know some are like, but, you know... He said on the cross, Father, you know, why have you forsaken me? And, and, and I know that's, again, that's next, next week's deal. But, but, but just generally, right, that was from Psalm 22. And he, Jesus was a rabbi, and rabbis would start, would quote a psalm. But they wouldn't say the whole psalm. They would quote a phrase from the psalm, and all the rabbis that were present would know the entire psalm. And they would, they would then interact around the entire psalm, not just what the phrase that was given. And the rest of, that, rest of that psalm goes on to say, toward the end of it, it says, but you have never forsaken me. You have never turned your back on me. And that's really what Jesus was saying. Listen, I know what it looks like while I'm up here. That's not what's happening. I'm not lonely up here. The love of the Father is still in me. And I'm just here to express it. And for the joy that it sets before me, I'm going to endure this cross. Wow. God's amazing. He is amazing. So, learn solitude. Find your connecting point. Whatever that means. Even if it's five minutes, find a way to shut the door to the outside and then quiet all the voices to the inside. And you'll know you're there when you just start to interact with heaven. It's just a place of worship. It's a place of of you know god's words it's it's a place of amazing atmosphere of heaven whatever that whatever wonderful emotion that might be it's that's what you'll know you'll know i'm connected and then just stay there as long as you can and the more you practice that the more you're going to be able to do that uh regardless of the circumstances that are that are around you and ultimately you'll be able to release that to the community that you're connected to because this is what happens when you stay connected, when you stay connected, you then can build community and connection with others who are created by God to also be unique and loved. You see, when, when, you, when you think, when, when, you, when you adapt or when you isolate or when you um, become a lone wolf, you're not building community because you're just trying to 
not feel lonely. But, but when you know that you're alone, when you know that you're a, uh, unique, that you were built with certain authorities and representations of heaven that only you carry, when you stay connected to the one who made you that way, you then can connect to everybody else who he also made, which is everyone else. And then you're truly able to build community and you're truly able to, to build connection. And you don't have to have them around you to feel that. So I know that in a lot of ways we're self-isolating, self-quarantining. We're, some of us are just, you know, are just alone. But you don't have to feel disconnected. You don't have to feel lonely if you understand solitude, if you understand that solid tube, <laughs> if you understand that, that portal that, that brings you to heaven. It'll be an awesome time to connect. All right? Listen, uh, I've had a great, this is great. This honestly was a lot of fun. I, miss, I missed, uh, some of you guys weren't here today, but that's okay. Uh, you know, find us again uh, next week. Um, don't forget to give. I know it sounds crazy. The place is empty, but, but we, uh, you know, your, your offerings keep everything rolling. And we, uh, we appreciate that. You can give online. Some of you are sending in checks, which is awesome. Uh, but you can give online. You can give via text. If you need information on that, um, call, message us, leave a, leave a comment below. Somebody will get, get in contact with you, but we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we look forward to next week. Happy Palm Sunday, everybody!